Welcome to this episode of the Northern Grower Podcast. How to buy and plant fruit trees for the spring. So if you are looking ahead for hopefully some warmer days soon for that spring thaw to start, hopefully very quickly here, and you're thinking of starting some new fruit trees, then we have a very nice little short episode here with just some tips that will hopefully help you out. Now I'm broadcasting here in our basement zone three and there is, I currently have a blanket over my shoulders and it definitely is a layer of ice over our old basement windows here. So it feels like spring is a long way off, but I'm also looking ahead with some optimism for some warmer days ahead. It's also, I'm usually a winter person. I enjoy the downtime from the garden in winter. Um, I enjoy just having time to spend on hobbies because once the summer season starts, we are very busy with projects. Uh, We're very busy with the garden. It takes up a lot of our time in the summer. So it is nice in winter to have a little bit of a break and have a little bit of downtime. However, in the same token, this is almost too cold in that I can't really go out and enjoy any of our winter hobbies because it's just hurts to be outside. It's too cold to be outside. So hoping for some warmer days ahead very soon. And we're almost we are almost getting ready to start our indoor garden. We're going to hold off a little bit. But we're looking at the long-term forecast and we're hoping to start fairly soon here on our indoor garden, get our seeds germinating indoors and hopefully look towards getting them planted out um, very shortly here. But we are also going to talk today about fruit trees in particular because fruit seems like fruit seems like a daunting thing because it's not a seed. It's not putting... If you're for most of us when we buy fruit, we do start some of our fruit here from seed. But for the most of us, it is a lot easier and it's a little bit quicker to buy a fruit tree, to invest in fruit trees, or as we call them, uh rootstocks. When you buy trees from the nursery or wherever you're purchasing your trees and you buy the rootstock, uh usually in late winter, early spring, and it is the bare the bare tree, the bare branches, um, and it's quite small. It definitely does not look like those big fruit trees you might see in the summer when the big box stores get the in the garden centers get their uh, garden, outdoor gardens shows and everything going, and they have those big lovely fruit trees in pots. Rootstocks do not look like that, but they're a really good way of starting fruit trees and getting your fruit trees established, particularly if you're ordering fruit trees. You may have to order online. You may not have something local available to you for pickup. So for us, we do like to get our fruit trees in spring. We find spring is the best time to get it in the ground. Um, And we really just want it ready and prep to start work in the summer to put energy into growing for the summer and also for it to get that little bit hardier ready for the upcoming winter. So you're trying to just give yourself as much time as possible to get your tree, give your tree a chance to adapt to the climate. So let's start with how to buy our fruit trees. Where where are we going to go if we want to start uh, with some rootstock, with some small 
fruit trees here, not from, not from seed. We're starting from those little trees. Well, there are a few, and I say, to be quite honest, we don't purchase from big box stores. Uh, we've never had success with the trees, and like I did say, they tend not to, I have not found rootstock in them. You tend to get the bigger, taller, potted trees. So we've never had success getting any fruit trees from a big box store in, in our past to take. Um, and honestly, our best success has been utilizing our local knowledge and our local sources. So we prefer to... Um, now, the reason we go local, and I really recommend going local if you're looking for fruit, is because you're utilizing local knowledge. And if you... And there's tons of that actually available. I was shocked when you just look around on Facebook or you can find connections through search up local permaculture, horticulture pages. Those are great resources. And a lot of the time you can ask questions and seek information from people who have maybe have been growing that type of tree in the area for several years. They know what varieties work. They know about planting. When's the best time of year to plant? So really utilize your local uh, knowledge keepers. So, um, and actually those are great um, resources because I discovered a new fruit tree before that I hadn't actually heard of because we're always trying to increase our fruit here um, for our homestead. And we do a lot of berries and apples, that type of thing. But uh, I actually heard of Arctic Kiwi and I had never... Um, heard of that before and so it's a new I found that through a local hardy fruit trees group on Facebook and that is now a tree that I have been definitely thinking about sourcing and buying and trying just to increase the fruit diversity that we can grow here so I am definitely this year I am interested in that's another project to add to that list now but I'm definitely interested in looking at Arctic Kiwi. So if you've ever grown any of that, definitely get in touch with us and let us know how, how you find it here in zone three, whether it's suited to your zone. Um, but the reason local one, another reason as well to support local is they tend to use local varieties. They will have genetics or parents or lines that have been grown here for several generations, or they may have... Um, so they have a proven track record. So that variety of tree, you know, is going to be suited to your zone and is also suited to your climate, your local climate. And um, they have the lines and genetics passed down to be able to do that. And folks on these pages, if you connect with local folks, they will either be, they can recommend a center, a small nursery, or they may even have uh, lots of people are on these uh, type of local pages. If you reach out to anybody you know, a lot of people are great too at offering um, trades or things they have found success with for sale or even just gifts and will give away cuttings and that type of thing for you. Um, or even they have if they have rootstock, they will offer you that. So these pages are just really, really great to connect with others. As a rule of thumb, too, if you are going to go and visit a local nursery or a local garden center, if you see the rootstocks outside for sale and 
you can dig in your gar garden, your ground actually isn't frozen solid, then you actually, as a rule of thumb, you're pretty good to go. You should be okay to start getting that tree planted in the ground. So if your, guard, if your ground is no longer frozen and your local center or nursery, when you visit it, has the rootstock out for sale, you're generally, it's generally considered you will be good to go and start planting that in the late winter or early spring, depending on how that year looks. And another reason you want to get planted here in the early spring or late winter is because you also want to get that plant over that transplant shock. You are putting that rootstock in the ground and like every plant, it has a little bit of transplant shock and then it will, it needs a bit of nurturing and then it will take. So you just want to get it feeling a bit happier and suited to its new home before the summer starts and it has to start putting lots of energy into growing and uh, producing leaves as well at that time. And then you're also getting a little bit hardened off ready for winter. And you can also order online if you don't have a local nursery to visit or they have limited stock. Ordering online works well. And you can also seek out recommendations, look at reviews, because that way you can find out if the seller packages their trees well for shipping. Um, and typically your trees, if you get rootstock, uh, you get it shipped to you, you want to look for it to be well packaged. And if it's packaged in foam, you could take the foam off or any coverings on the branches, but you want to leave the roots in their um, protective case, whatever they've been packaged in, the roots themselves. So whether it's plastic, if it's something like that, um, there might be sawdust, sawdust packed around them to keep them moist, but you want to keep the roots themselves packaged and that just helps to keep the tree alive a little bit. So as you're just keeping those roots moist, you're helping keep the tree, keeping the tree alive essentially until you're ready to plant. And if you are able to take a look at the tree, you should just take a look and because the tree's bare, ensure the limbs are look, they just look good, they look solid, and they, nothing's broken before you are ready to plant. If you have broken roots, you will have to just take those off before you plant. And lots of, as a kind of PSA, a lot of online nurseries have catalogs available in the fall, and that enables you to pre-order ahead for the following spring. So you order your trees, you can look through the new catalog when it comes out in the fall, and they will make sure they get the trees ready to go for out and shipped out to you for the spring. So planting your new tree once you buy it or it arrives. So you're going to have to check your tree's needs and really you should do this before you buy as well because you don't want to purchase a tree that isn't going to be suited to your garden, but you want to check your tree's needs. So for sun and shade, so that's going to impact where you plant it. Do you need full sun? Do you need partial shade? Do you need extra trees for them to pollinate and bear fruit? So some plants require other plants to be other trees of that variety to be nearby so they can produce fruit. So apple trees typically will need another one uh, within a set amount of feet to be able to produce fruit. The next thing you want to do is check drainage and pH of your soil. You need to ensure your tree is planted basically in an area suitable for its needs. So if the pH is out of whack, can you amend the soil, amend the pH in your soil? Can you buy a tree that suits the pH of your soil? And check the drainage too. So do you know if your soil is 
well drained or if it's a bit more of a kind of sponge and just is a bog and collects that water in there. That will impact where you plant and what you buy. So when that tree arrives or you purchase it, you are going to have to plant right away or within the next day or so because like I said, you can leave that little packaging around the roots, which will keep the roots moist, um, but it's not going to last much longer because it's already been shipping. So you're going to have to go out and dig a hole and honestly, the bigger the better for the holes because you are planting, uh, you want space for the roots to take and grow and get established. So maybe go at least twice as wide and deep as your rootstock. And then once you've planted your rootstock in, you want to backfill with soil and you're going to add compost and you need to keep the roots moist the entire time. You only take the roots so when you're planting and you've got your hole dug you only time you take that packaging off those roots is right when you're ready to plant so you want to get that in the ground that packaging off and planted right away to minimize any drying out of the roots and if you're planting when you are planting in the spring you will also need to water your tree roots about typically about twice a week you want to ensure they are kept well moist and they have good adequate access to water so about twice a week uh, as a general rule of thumb for spring rootstocks. Now just some little quick care tips. Uh, you could remove lower branches as the tree goes and this will help it grow a bit taller because it's putting energy into growing up and not out on those lower branches. Although for some of us in zone three, and this might be something I, I kind of look towards experimenting with over the next few years, but when I've had some conversations with other local gardeners and other folks here, and because of our cold, harsh weather in the winter, uh, as you know, we've had almost over a week of minus 40 plus degrees centigrade. So a lot of the time you will, for young rootstock and young trees, you want to pile a snow line high around the tree to insulate it just to help reduce winter kill or the possibilities of any winter kill at these temperatures. So would it be better to encourage the tree to grow a bit more lower and out rather than up and tall? So that's an interesting conversation because it can help protect the tree because if it's shorter in winter you can pack uh, more snow around the tree for insulation. However, then on the other side, if you were trying to, our purpose is to produce cold hardy varieties and true cold hardy uh, fruit trees, do we want to have trees that are dependent on surviving winter because you have been bounding snow around them? Because obviously that adds to the degree difference and they will be in a warmer winter climate than if you did not pack up the snow line. So... It's kind of a mixed bag, whether it be better to encourage trees to grow lower and more bushier, or if we just let trees grow up tall and really get hardened off and really produce cold hardy, are we producing true cold hardy fruit that way? So because that is our main goal here, we want to produce cold hardy trees and have trees that are climatized and really are adapted to our cold climate. And also... As a that was one of my kind of thoughts of the day as I was writing this podcast. Um, but the last tip too is just bear in mind once your tree is planted, it might take several years for you 
to actually produce any fruit. So do not be surprised if for the first few years, yep, possibly even up to the first six, seven years, you don't get any fruit on that tree at all. Um, just keep with it. If it is producing leaves every every spring and buds, then you know your tree hasn't actually died and it is still alive, it's still working, it's still growing, then just be patient and see um, see if it will produce fruit. If not, you may need to look into um, whether you it needs to be cross-pollinated, whether you need to plant into the tree nearby, that type of thing. So uh, good luck growing. But that does conclude our little, our short podcast here on just a quick planting and buying tips for your spring fruit trees. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. I really appreciate anybody who downloads or listens, or even if you listen to the first five minutes, it's, it's all great. It's all good. Um, if you would like to, you can follow us on Instagram at green.witch.seed.co. And there we just post more personal adventures from here on our little green witch homestead. Or you can also, but the Instagram is great because it has links to um, lots of different websites that we use. Our website here with the shop is greenwitchseed.ca and we do occasionally send out uh, little newsletters and blogs on there as well. So it's always fun to keep track of that. And you can also take a look at seeds and um, things we have for sale here. And... Please, if you like the podcast, just hit the subscribe. We are trying to go on a schedule of producing once a week. Um, but we also, around Greenwich Seed, we do work and have small children. And yeah, it's, it's all very busy, but we are running a tight ship. So hopefully we can get one out a week, even if it's just a little short, quick tip episode like today. Um, and thank you again. If you'd Oh, if you'd also like to share any comments please also email us at thenortherngrowerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and stay warm out there.